On this week's episode of an Echo of Glory, we look back at the big win against Brighton and ahead to a tricky game against Wolves at the weekend. Welcome to another episode of an Echo of Glory. Joining me as always, Gary Diamond. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. And welcome back. First appearance of 2024. Why are you knocking? It's clapping. <laughs> Sorry, I that's appreciate not clapping, that's not No, 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 I could tell. That was, that was, that <laughs> a was first appearance of 2024, like Eve Basuma. Welcome back, Ali Tweedell. Hello. How are you? I'm all right, yeah. I've got a bit of a croaky voice, but just channeling my... You could put on an Australian accent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was going to say Sean Dykes, but he's gone a bit Ange. Oh, right. Give, give it a go, give it a go. Give it a go. No, I'm not going to do that. Uh, but... Look down at the floor, cough, and you're, you're, you're Ange. He does do that a lot, doesn't he? Look, looks down, really, doesn't he? You've got the voice for it, so look down at the floor, cough. <laughs> Put on your Australian accent, and we'd have you know dress it up as Ange. Do you yeah. think it's do you think it's funny? Sorry to just dive in with this. Do, it. do um do you think it's funny that he's sort of so sort of lauded by the media, loved by the media, but that's quite a sort of closed off thing to do, like an unfriendly thing to do, isn't it? To just stand there talking like that. The whole we time. had James Holland on last week. Check out that episode. Who played under Ange, and we discussed that it's kind of like everyone really likes him, and that's the one thing that people are picking up on now. Is oh, he doesn't look people in the eye when he talks. Maybe he just that's just his thing. I think he said that it's a it's a nervous thing. It's not a personal off. it's not a personal thing. I think it's just a, a nervous thing. But I think he's popular because how he communicates and what he says is is spot on and you just kind of accept that he doesn't really like the sort of you know, looking straight in the eye and, yeah. and, and all of that. But uh, if it's the worst thing he does, then I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. absolutely fine with that. Doesn't run out of his technical area doesn't run up and down the touchline when they score like other managers. Make three subs when the flow of the game's going our way, but let's come on to that, shall <laughs> We're we? We're going to come to that. I was kind of hoping that we can argue about that. I don't want us all to agree on that. No, but, well, mm, okay, we haven't discussed it, but I would, mm, okay. We're going to come to it. All right. We're going to start with some club news, as always. Under-21's match at Crystal Palace was postponed. West Ham lost to Chelsea. We, mm, I don't know, actually. <laughs> no, but we for the league. <laughs> yeah, wait for the league. Uh, we're now four clear with two games in hand. The 18s lost 4-3 at home to Leicester. They are... I really don't like Leicester. They're one of the teams in my life... That have annoyed you a lot? That really... I re and this goes back way beyond um, uh, the, the league, yeah. which, which was a shambles and a farce in itself when you've got opposition managers and opposition players saying they want Leicester to win the league. You've never seen it before. Players that are going to play against both teams saying they want Leicester I to win remember, the league. Where is the integrity? Ashley Williams was like waving Jamie Vardy through. Where, where is the integrity of, of this, right? So, I mean, even before this, and it started, I remember uh, my dad took me up to Filbert Street when Klinsman was playing for us. And all the excitement was uh, was about Klinsman and, and Julian Jochim scored a hat-trick in, in a 3-1 win. Klinsman did score, he pulled one back. But I hated Leicester since then, and and ever since then, it just seems to be like they're just to me. And I don't normally speak disparagingly, disparagingly of clubs, but they to me are one of these little horrible, nasty clubs that just need to piss off <laughs> and go somewhere else. And it's not surprising that they beat us four three with some guy Josh King, who I honestly I had to look it up because I was like, I can't believe under 18s they're playing Josh King. It wasn't it was an under eighteen Czech player who's playing like his third game for them and bangs in a hat trick can't stand so you're not they annoy you that much that our under 18s losing to them all i right, can't stand you? them okay. like even our under 18s losing to them and they're going to come up this season and i really hope we stuff them twice next season and send them straight back down i, I enjoyed them going down last season i have a lot of anger towards the left to bother you no not not, not at all uh, it's good to, to get it off your chest yeah it's not off my chest it will never be off my chest i can't stand them. all right 
So they lost uh, to Leicester. Sorry about that. Uh, level on points with West Ham. The Hammers have got two games in hand, so that might be difficult to overturn. But a long way to go. The women lost last week, lost one at home to Man City in the quarterfinal. And they didn't have a shot. I watched the last 20 minutes of that, hoping that Spurs would maybe put City under pressure. They just couldn't get out. City are a really, really good side at the moment. Good news, though, because Tottenham beat Charlton in the FA Cup at the weekend, 1-0. And I guess who they've got in the quarterfinal? City. Manchester City. So the ball was drawn by Jermaine Genus on the one show. So Gary Mabbott has drawn Man City for us in the Men's FA Cup, and Jermaine Genus has drawn... Man City for the women in the FA Cup. So could ex-Tottenham players stop doing FA Cup draws, please? So uh, that's where we are. Great. Good. Yeah. The, uh, I'm gonna, I mentioned to you, Ali, the James Holland interview. Do go and find that on our YouTube channel, on our Twitter, at EOGTHFC. It really is an amazing interview with someone who has played under Ange uh, for Holland, went to the tw- for, for Australia, went to the 2014 World Cup with him. As Jake said at the end of last week, if you think you like uh, Ange Postacoglu, wait till you hear this guy. So uh, it was good, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a really good interview. And uh, he had some really great insights and uh, and, and, and lovely guy as well. Mm. Um, but he's clearly got a huge amount of respect for Ange um, and puts him well up there with, with any top manager in the world. And I think the thing that he, he really brought home was Andrew's principles and integrity and so on. And uh, and players generally line up behind a guy like that. So, Talking of lineups, nice segue. No, <laughs> Jack, no Jake Robson to ruin the segue this week. So I'll give you the lineup. We'll go straight into Saturday's game against Brighton. Vicario in goal, Porro, Romero, Van der Ven, Udogi in front of them, Saar and Bentoncourt in front of them, Kuliseski, Madison and Werner and up front with Charleston. No real surprises. The one maybe Ali Son. I can understand why he didn't start, but there was belief that he might start. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say there were any surprises, but maybe a couple of disappointments in that Son and Basuma just weren't uh, ready. deemed ready. Um, but I suppose them with them not being ready, you couldn't really have asked for a better outcome, really, because now they are there and will be ready for the next game and probably going to be quite needed yeah Gary and, and there was the win they got three points anyway so yeah. yeah those were the only two questions was uh was Basuma and Son um I thought Basuma may come in for Benton Core who's been off it a little bit um but but fine like um I had no complaints with the lineup I guess the thing that I was more keen to not see was uh you know two certain players that have been dominant in the previous games not anywhere near the pitch and one of them was on the bench and one of them wasn't. And he came on. Hoiberg and Hill. Skip. Ah, oh, Skip. Skip was going to come on. That was weird. At one point, he was ready to go. Was yeah. he even on the bench? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah. I think when Udogi, just before Udogi got injured, uh, yeah. Skip was stripped. But going back to the start of the game, slow start, <clears throat> which is unlike recent weeks, started really fast against Everton. And Brighton, you know what, you know what you're going to get. They don't have buzz around. Um they play the same way every single week, so it was no surprise. But Benton Kerr was guilty of giving the ball away. Did it a couple of times. One led to the penalty, clear-cut penalty. But I feel like we didn't get to grips with Brighton early on. You know, like, so I, 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 I took a mate to the game. Uh, it was his first game of the season. And he said to me in the pub before, he says, oh, I'm really looking forward to watching Van de Ven. I haven't, I haven't seen him play live, and I'm really looking. As soon as he said it, I didn't say it to him, but I was like, oh. 
Why have you said that? Cursed him. Yeah, you've done it now. And and I think within the first minute, Van der Ven like fell over the ball and, and they were in. And it uh, just, yeah, and yeah it, well back. Yeah, and it, and, it, and it just kind of almost set the tone. When, when players, I find like when, when players make a silly error, I'm not blaming Van der Ven for the performance, but sometimes a tone can be set. It could be, you know, a pass, five-yard pass, being just passed straight out of play under no pressure. And you're like, oh. Um, and and I just sort of when when that happened, I looked at it, I was like, oh, I don't know. And Welbeck was in. Um, and then, you know, it's sort of, we didn't really get into the game. Bright, it, it seemed to give Brighton a real confidence boost and urge that, you know, they could press us a little bit. We might make a mistake as we did within 30 seconds. Um, and then, of course, you know, you, you, you're trying to play Benson Core into a game, but you're playing him into positions that, really sometimes like, I love the way we play and indeed our winning goal came from it but sometimes it's a little bit like come on now he's on the edge of the box he's having to turn surely we need to be a little bit more direct and try and be looking for Werner or, or Kulisovsky on the wings and just play a little bit safe and maybe go a bit more direct to beat that first press at I times. agree I always feel there's this belief that Bentancur will take the ball on the half turn or just outside our own box go past two players and that's how you break and then the we're press. away yeah, but but the problem is is that he doesn't, and I don't blame Benson Core necessarily. I don't think the ball should have been given to him. Yeah. you know, for the penalty, I, I, I don't blame him. Um, it wasn't like a Basuma against City when he had it under control and he turned into trouble. Yeah, Benson right? never had it. Under he never control. had it under control, and he yeah. and he received the ball with players right up his backside on the edge of his box. Like, I, like not not many players would welcome that pass. So the fact that he's looking for it and was brave enough to take it, but then yeah. I I don't. I, I also don't blame Bentancur. I don't think he's as suited to that role as lots of Tottenham fans kind of hoped after. I think, I can't remember when the first game he played there, when he first came back, maybe Villa, Villa, Villa. yeah. And he was really good and everyone was like, well, that's the solution. Well, he only well. played about half an hour, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he started off, so, started off so well. Yeah. Um, so what do you think is his best position? I think he's better further forward. I think he's a player who takes risks yeah. that good attacking players take and so he loses the ball more and I know that and wants his defenders to take risks but they're the wrong areas for Benton Benton takes risks that are a bit more more risky um so I've got some numbers that I just want to chuck in I forgot um, to mention if you don't know Ali Ali who is uh stats Ali works for Opta so that's why you're going to get some numbers that, that's why I'm just <laughs> jumping in with some numbers so um Bentancur is the only central midfielder in the Spurs squad with a passing accuracy in pass completion rate in Spurs' own half lower than 90%. So you've got Saar 90.7, Hoiberg 91.2, Madison 92.1, Bissouma 93.2, Skip 94.7. And I chucked in Lo here just because he's also played central midfield 97%. And so all of those are at least 90.7 and Bentancur's is all the way down at 86.2. Wow. Which is still quite high if you put him in a... In Are they passes a, from our own half or passes in our own half? Uh, from. Right. From. He doesn't um, play many long balls, does he? So it's, no. it's a lot of short passes. And I think we, if, if you think like Madison's, Madison's is 92.1. Madison will be playing risky passes. But generally in Tottenham's own half, what uh, Postacoglu wants from his six is ball circulation. And they do play some sort of line-breaking risky passes, but... Generally speaking, the, the aim of that player is to keep hold of the ball, move it about. And I think um, Bentancur is an absolutely fantastic player, 
sort of driving with the ball, getting into more dangerous areas, as we saw against like United, for example. Um, but uh, I do think we've seen a few too many instances of him losing the ball under pressure. And he's definitely, while he's Tottenham's second best option there, I think the drop-off from Bissouma is bigger than we thought it was before maybe this game and the last game. I think Benton Kuhn needs a bit of time. He's He... he came back from the oh, that's... original injury earlier, I think about a month earlier than than, than anybody had anticipated. It, and it was a bit of a bolt out of the blue. And then he got the uh, the injury from Matty Cash. And then even then he came back again. You know, where I remember, I think it was against Bournemouth. And nobody was expecting no. Benson Cook. No, February, yeah. we and, thought. And, and, and all of a sudden he was there. So yeah, he does I, need I, I more think time. it's, I think right. it's early to be talking about what Benson Cool can't and can and can't do. Do you? Though? I meant, I, I meant do. right now. I mean, right now in this moment, that is not me saying that Benson no, think... can't learn to do that because he's a fantastic player. Yeah, but I, I just think we'd like we'd lo- we lose too much of an attacking threat by putting him there. But it is a better option than putting Hoiberg or Skip there. I, I think you know going into the game against Wolves. Bissouma and Saar would be my two choices in, in, in those two midfield roles at this moment with the form that Benson calls in. I think with both of them back now as well, it gives Benson core. You know, it takes the I think he came back and did a really manful job for us at a time when the squad was was, was bereft of anybody else and we needed bodies and he came back and stepped up and um and and I think now he can sort of take the pressure off his shoulders a little bit, put it back on Basuma, who owes us a hell of a lot going into the second half of the season. Like He really needs to no step more red up, cards. hit the form yeah. that he was in up until the game against Luton. Uh, by the way, you know, <laughs> it all went wrong for him with the dive against Luton and what happened with the guy that dived at Everton against us? Absolutely oh, nothing. Oh, come on. I'm like, not going there. I'm but no, just saying, like, you know, but anyway, so... You dive, on the, you, so it, you dive in the corner flag is different to dive going in. It's not. A dive is a dive. It's simulation. It's cheating. And I think the guy was on a yellow. Anyway, um, Basuma needs to step up. He owes us a hell of a lot. He needs to take that weight off Benson Cool. Benson Cool needs to be able to sort of come on in the last 20 minutes, find his feet, and slowly make his way back in, which is what you would have thought he would be doing after such a severe injury. Right, so, so Ali, I'll ask you first. We're playing last game of the season. I can't remember who we've got. Last game of the season, we need to win. Sheffield ten. United. Sheffield United. Okay. So we, we've got to games. we've got to win to get in the Champions League. Everyone's yeah. fit. Who's your midfield three? Um, it feels mad to not be picking Bentancur, doesn't it? Um, so you'd go Madison, Simon, Basuma. Uh, no, I think, I think you, if you're picking everyone at their best, I think right now you'd, I think you'd pick Bissouma, Bentancur, Madison. I think Sars ceiling is massive. And you go those three. Right now he's, he's definitely, he definitely should be starting. But I think at their absolute best, Bentancur is ahead of Sar in one of the number of positions. I really like Sar and at the moment I feel it's one of the other two to play with him. Yeah, I mean, when you come into the last game of the season, who knows what form and so on and so forth. But right here, right Roll now. Roll with me, just go with right, it. Right here, right now, um, I think Sar is the guy whose form is a little bit more predictable. You know what you're going to get from him. Whereas Basuma, we don't quite know at this minute. And Benson Core, we don't quite know at the minute. And I do think Basuma is the more natural sixth than Benson Core. So I would go with Basuma and Sar at this moment. But how Benton Core progresses, how Basuma progresses over the remainder of the season. So you didn't really answer my we'll question. <laughs> no, I did. I said Basuma, Basuma and Saar. At the moment, at the moment, I'm saying everyone peak, everyone fit. Who is the who is your three? 
I don't know. I think we need to see more of. Uh, I, I, I don't Answer know. Answer the question. I, I, no, I don't know. I love. I love all three of them. I think they're all fantastic players. And, and if if we go into that last game of the season with them all at their peak, then we'll beat Sheffield United. Are we boring forward defensive from you? Then? I, want you just, <laughs> I want you to just slash one outside the off stump and give me something. Yeah. Okay. Not going to do it. All right. So Brighton score. Uh, growth I slap. can give you a reverse sweep and Hoiberg. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you're all right. Play, play straight. <laughs> yeah, okay. Especially in India. Well, even in India, you want to sweep, so maybe. Yeah. Um, all right, Richarlison, we go one nil down. Richarlison then missed a couple of chances. Certainly the one-on-one. It was a brilliant three ball from Brilliant Madison. three ball from Madison. And he sort of was sniffing around a couple and I feel like he then just was like, I'm not going near the goal again. He, he didn't really get go near the goal for the rest of the, for the afternoon. And after he missed what I think was a second one or maybe a third one, you know, I sent on one of the groups around, new number nine needed. Like he really annoyed me on Saturday. And I know he's in really, really good form. Scored, what is it? I don't know, nine, ten goals this season. Is he the man? Is he the man to play number nine for this team? Um, I think that if you wanted to make Tottenham step up to the proper elite in the Premier League, uh, which I don't think they are quite at yet. Mm. Uh, I think that is a spot that could be improved. Jake upon. Robson said something really good, actually, to me on the phone yesterday. So surprisingly, <laughs> he's, he made a really good point. He said, Richarlison, we've talked about Fox in the Box, play uh, with you know, width of the goalpost. You saw that goal map before the Everton from outside the box. All his goals are in like the six-yard box. Is he a man that's really good in that sort of, fox in the box type thing when you're playing a team like Brighton who will come up and there is space in behind when he has to think about finishing he's not the man for it yeah um I think that's I think that's fair um but I think that I think that's talking about in this sort of grand scheme of things yes I think that's all correct I think what you said about him on Saturday is slightly unfair he mm. he, he missed he missed that chance, which a better striker scores. Harry Kane scores. Son. Um, Son scores. Um, but with him, without him getting in the position he got in for our second goal, there's no ball across the box for Saar to attempt. So that goal, that goal doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and the job of the centre forward in Postecoglou's system is to do very little. And when they don't score. That's why for weeks everyone's just going, well, Richardson's not doing anything. But the, the centre forward doesn't do much but, at all. And then and then he goes on this scoring run and everyone's mm. saying, well, he's brilliant. And that's literally his job is to just score goals. I, I, and he, he presses really well as well, I think. I wouldn't sell, I certainly wouldn't sell him, but my mind just goes back to Brighton and Burnley where he missed two very similar opportunities. I'm not saying he's always going to miss those opportunities. When you've got someone like Madison who's able to pick a player out with the passes that he can do. We haven't seen probably since Ericsson. Well, Kane used to do that with Son, but a, a 10 playing like that, it's frustrating to me that our number nine is missing those chances. And that's my concern. Yeah, I guess uh, the hope is that with this much creativity and such attacking football that Tottenham would create enough chances that he'd get. He's probably a one in two, one in three striker, isn't he? Um, mm. And Maybe we've just been spoiled by... Yeah, other, other yeah, and I think forwards. in 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 a perfect world with Son, he would be playing through the middle, and a, we'd have a better option on the left. But the the best option so far has been Son on the left and Richarlison through the mm. middle, and it's not been perfect. But I think that's that is the best option. Well, that's right what it will be on Saturday. Yes, I yeah. agree. Yeah, I think stri strikers miss chances. 
it's just it, it, it's just part you have it's happened <laughs> once, oh, or well, twice. once or twice probably wasn't your fault but, you <laughs> it know, was your you, bad pass yeah the ball bobbled um <laughs> so but, but it happens right strikers miss yeah. chances yeah. and and we know what his strengths are his strengths are you know, first time ball coming across and an and instinctive stick it in. Um, when he's got a moment or two to think about it, it's, it doesn't work out quite as well for him. But I've got no real complaints. I, I agree with Ali. I think we're being a bit harsh. And, or, I am being a bit harsh. You've been a bit harsh. I am being, no, I am being a bit harsh. I, and and do, do we need a better striker? Yeah. I think I, that's it. I don't want to sell him, but I think we can definitely do better. Who that person is, I don't know. I think that's the issue. There's There are loads of clubs try who need a number nine hmm. and... There's not really an obvious solution yeah, for, I mean, for let, any let me of them without you, spending. United what? just spent eighty million on on, on Hoyland. Yeah, would you have him ahead of Richarlison? No chance. No, I wouldn't. Right. So, where are the number nines? I'm not saying whether they're attainable or not. Which number nines, Harry Kane aside, would you have ahead of Richarlison right now? Right. <laughs> I don't know. But right, okay. So, so it's not see, my job to find out. No, but, I get that. But Premier Premier League strikers playing through the middle, you've got. Haaland, obviously unattainable. Darwin Nunez, like he'd miss those two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, Chelsea don't have a striker. Arsenal, Gabriel, so fair, Gabriel Jesus Nunez would have scored them, but he wouldn't have scored the instinctive tap-ins. Mm. I don't think he'd have been there. It's a different kind of a striker. You know, he likes to actually the, run with the, the ball point, and finish. The point is that Nunez is a player that Liverpool have are still developing. Yeah, and he's not. He's not the complete product, and he cost them seventy-two million pounds or something. Um, JJ nine. Who? Gabriel Jesus nine. Well, I think he's a bit similar to Richarlison. I don't at all. No, but in that, I would want. I think Arsenal would want to upgrade him. Yeah, I think they do. Okay, okay. What about Ivan Tony? There you go. I'd take Tony. Yeah, he doesn't miss that. I, I was. I've not seen him Tony. play properly until last week when we beat them on like Wednesday. No, night. he's a good player, and he and he, and he drops deep as well, and, and he's got a good work ethic. He's a leader in his team. I don't know about character and personality, but on the pitch, mm. he's a very very good player. There you go. Yeah, oh, so I wasn't being that harsh in the end. No, I, 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 I said from the start, the grand scheme of things, I think that is an area that Tottenham can improve on. Yeah. But I think right now, I don't think I don't think Saturday was Richarlison's fault. No, no I thought he played well, but I, like I said, I just went back to the Burnley game, the Brighton game. It's like if we're going to keep playing like this, and teams are going to press, teams like Brighton are going to leave space in behind. He's not your man for that. Anyway, going to half time, one down. We came out the second half pretty well. And then, what, time, what minute did we equalise? 61. 61. So after about 60 minutes, which was probably pre-planned, or certainly the way the game was going anyway, someone's going to come on. Oh, three were, and then we equalised. Well, yeah, so I think someone's going to come on at 60, probably whatever. Mm. But with one nil down, three of them are stripped. Son, Basuma, and Johnson. Yeah. And they're standing there waiting. And for the first, about five minutes before, Kuliseski had just started to get the me- measure of a stupid man, who was surprised how slow he was. I know he had his... Um, Thigh strapped Estupanan and some Brighton fans after saying it's the worst they've seen him play. But Kuliszewski just started to get the measure of him. Benton Kerr just got to grips on the midfield. He was brave, a little bit higher up, took some risks on the halfway line, nearly lost the ball, won it back, played into Kuliszewski. Kuliszewski into Saar, bang. That was a lovely ball from Kuliszewski. Lovely ball from Kuliszewski. And, and, and that thing about Benton Kerr when you said it like, it's a, that to me kind of epitomised where Benton Kerr is at the minute, where ordinarily, I think he would have been really fluid and beating those men and then played it. It was a bit clunky, wasn't it? And it, it just felt like he was forcing it and battling and battling. But he didn't give up. He did not give up. And that's what I mean. He's been doing a manful job and I yeah, think yeah. he's just pushing himself yeah. through. And that sort of little period there 
where he won it back, I think, twice rather than just, you know, normally it's poetry in motion, right? Mm. He won it back twice and then got the ball to Kulusevski. Was gone. I just think him battling through and I love him yeah. for it. Great pass from Kulu. Cross from size, you say, with Charleston's there for a tap-in. And then it wasn't the easiest finish and he sticks it in. From the start of the half to that goal, I think we had five or six shots. He makes those subs. And I'm not going to be, you know, after time Andy here, whatever, they, whatever the word is. I said at the time, mm. don't do these subs. Mm. Don't do these subs. We'll give it five, ten minutes. Let the game breathe. I think we just got to grips with Brighton. Mm. Son for Werner is a fine sub. You can do that at whatever point. That's a, you know that's an upgrade. Basuma coming on for Benton Kerr, who looked annoyed. Johnson coming on for Kulu, who looked annoyed. From then, that moment on, we didn't have a shot till the 93rd minute when Hoiberg blasted it over. He, I love Ange, and we've won. And you've seen people, I've made this point on Twitter, and people have gone, oh, Johnson scored the winner. I don't care. What happened for that? He completely killed our flow. Yeah, I, I don't think it was necessarily... I did think when we scored that the three subs could knock us a little bit out of our stride. But as you say, you can't really complain with Song for Werner. That's never no. going to be a negative impact. Basuma for Benson Core. Benson Core was struggling a bit, but I think he was just starting to find his feet. He would have got a nice sort of boost from having been involved yep. with the goal. Yeah. Might you could have said like give him five minutes more, but I don't even necessarily think Basuma for Benson Core at that point was an issue. The issue was Kulusevski, where so much of what we do down the right came through him. The goal came through him. What a beautiful ball it was from him through to Saar. And so I know and you want to jump in, but also what Kulusevski does is he helps Poro and Johnson does not. And they attacked pretty much the next half an hour down the left-hand side. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not, this isn't a go at Johnson. This is more about, for me, the moment and timing of the subs. Because I think you could have given Kulusevski another 10 minutes with, with, with Basuma and Son. And that could have made a big, big difference. We could have won the game earlier. If we hadn't won it, then you can take him off and bring on Johnson and the same outcome would have happened. Okay, I know everything changes, sliding doors and that, but uh, you know, ultimately Johnson's arriving at the far post. That's what he's been told to do. He basically, for me, is turning into Raheem Sterling at City, <laughs> which is fine because if he arrives at the back post and knocks in 10 goals a season into Great. an empty net, fantastic. Raheem Sterling, I think, was a much overrated player for doing exactly that. For, and City made him look a lot better player than he is. Um, and I'm not saying that's all Raheem Sterling did. I think Raheem Sterling's a better carrier of the ball, but that's what I think Johnson needs to start aiming towards, and that's probably as good as it's ever going to be. But in that moment, I would have kept Kulusevski on and not brought Johnson on just then. Yeah, I mean, I was going to jump in to ask, because I think <clears throat> when you were saying Son for Werner is fine, I think the, the problem was that with the five subs rule, when you make your first sub, it almost always has to be two because otherwise you leave yourself having to, because you can only make three bunches of mm. subs. Managers almost always make a double substitution first and then they've got an option to do a single but substitution was this, was this later the in the game. Subs, these, these were the first Tottenham's subs. Tottenham's first subs, yeah. yeah. So, so they could, could have, have done, done, so I was going to ask if it was just one, then he has to do one or the other. Um, as in, let's, let's assume he's decided I have to do at least two. I was going to ask, would you have done... I think Kulisevsky, I agree with you completely that I think Kulisevsky was the player that should have stayed on. Yeah. I think Johnson is a runner and uh, Kulisevsky is a ball carrier. And mm. the difference is that you just lose possession over yeah. and over again Correct. with Johnson yeah. and with Kulisevsky, you don't yeah. as much. Um, so I do think that Kulisevsky uh, could, but, but at the same time, in with with hindsight, could Postacoglu turn around and say, well, 
Johnson got, Johnson the, got the winner. I was thinking this, sorry. If we'd had Ange sat here, you'd have to play him now because he's gruff voice, <laughs> look down at the floor. He, if I said to him, Ange, I really think your subs were rubbish and he'll go, Johnson, I'm not a manager, whatever, I never will be. He'll say Johnson scored the winner. And I'll say, sorry, Ange, I think you killed our mojo. I'd love to know what he thinks and, about that. And, and let's keep in mind, you know, we got a bit lucky because they had one deflect wide that really could have gone in. And I think they had another chance that... that um, the guy Fancy pulled Fatty. it. Yeah. Well, Fatty, Fatty was the one that went wide. No, Fatty pulled it wide. And yeah, and then they had, scored, and then they had a shot, yeah, which yeah. Uh, we got a block in on and it just sort of skewed wide of the post. Yeah. So in between one all and two one, we did nothing. Nothing. And they had two very good chances. So even if Ange was sat here, because we won the game, yeah, and, and that's all that really matters in the end. But ultimately, I agree. I think we gave up the initiative. I think mm. we were on top. And I think we gave up the initiative, and I agree with what Ali said, that ultimately you've got one that's a runner in Johnson and one that's a ball carrying Kulisowski. But my question then to you becomes, against a team like Brighton that is going to press up on us and you'd think we would have the space in behind for a runner, if Johnson isn't making the impact beyond scoring a goal at the far post in the last second, what game is he going to make an impact in as a runner? Because they're, like Wolves are going to sit much deeper, for example. Like where where's John? What game is Johnson suited to? Well, I still he's he's just because teams don't leave space in behind doesn't mean that a player can't affect uh, the game. Yeah, but he's his, not. his movement in the box is getting better. Yeah. He's kind of like he's becoming a bit of like a poacher, but from out from out wide, he doesn't like Sterling. Mean, say that again, like Sterling. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, I don't think Sterling's a but, crazy but, but, comparison. But, 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 but he's I also mind. Sterling he's, carries the ball better. If Johnson would pick up the ball and carry it in the way that yeah. Sterling does, I'd say fantastic. But and I think Johnson has a high ceiling and a lot of potential. But he he's very plays young. on the periphery of games. Yeah, he's very young. Enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree, and I don't really. I think at like fifty million pounds, that's quite a lot of money. Yeah, for, I think that's the issue. Uh, yeah, but it's a, yeah. it's a Premier League tax. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he he's very young, and he could play for Spurs for five years, and it's ten goals for five years at fifty million is probably like an all right deal in the end. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I know what you mean. Um, he's just played too much football, hasn't he? He's he wasn't meant. I think Postecoglou has even said. Uh, he wasn't meant to play this much. It's just been circumstantial yeah. that he's played so much football. And uh, I think he, he's going to, he's benefiting from having to play this substitute role a little bit, start the odd game, play the odd game off the bench. Yeah. And he's a great option to have. Yeah. Really good. And option. If you actually watch the run, he slows down. When we go on the counter, there's a few camera angles where he slows down and hits the box late. The, the ball from Son was that's not an easy pass. You think, oh, I'll just roll it across the box. No, you've got to take the keeper out. You've got to take a stupid end out. You've got to hit Johnson's stride. Beautiful cross. But, but this is, everything about that goal was football at the top, top level. It starts right at the back with Vicario and, and it goes through, I'm not going to say it goes through the team, but it goes through about f four, four players. And everything about the goal was beautifully orchestrated. And each player did their job Perfectly. Well, it's an Ange goal because the winger to winger is what Ange wants. But but even, you know, the the, the ball in uh, to Richarlison, I forget who played that ball into Richarlison, but then Richarlison takes it and his release of Son was... Madison time. puts uh, Richarlison in. So fine. It was, yeah, that was it. It was a lovely ball taken and ball from Madison to Richarlison. Richarlison's taken. Now, you could say that's an easy ball. 
And yeah, you know, it's a, it's a ball that you should, right. should make. But but you know, you've got Son going. You you take a fraction of a second longer, and Son's going to be offside. He's played it beautifully into his pass. Son hasn't got to break his stride. He can take it. And then the ball across from Son, as you say, was was top class. And the finish from Johnson for everything that we've said, the finish looks like an easy one. At that moment, coming at that pace <sighs> no. in that game, yeah. that is not an easy finish. And yet there wasn't really a doubt. There is a class player there. That was a good, good finish. Made no mistake with it. Put it nice and high into the roof of the net, keeping no chance. Um, it was a fantastic Have goal. you been at, um, sorry, you were, look, were you looking at some numbers? I was, I was, um, I was wondering when to drop this in because it doesn't really fit with anything that you've. Uh, I'll just drop, drop it. In, it in. I'm just gonna, so I'm just gonna jump this in. The, this um, isn't that organised. Go for it. So uh, what I thought was interesting was um, when you've got Brighton v Spurs, they're two teams that press and press, press high and press very well. And um, uh, this match at the weekend saw the second most high turnovers. A high, high turnover is uh, defined as winning the ball within 40 metres of the opposition goal line. So I think that's like three-fifths or four-fifths of the opposition half. Um, so that this match saw the second most in a Premier League game this season, uh, which was 31, I believe. Um, funnily enough, top of that was Spurs' last game, Everton-Spurs. Everton win a lot of ball high, funnily Well, this enough. is the thing. Uh, the last game, it was Everton dominating that with... 23 high turnovers mm. on their own. And uh, this week, it was Tottenham dominating it with 21 high turnovers. Um, How many did Brighton have against us? Uh, 10. Yeah, would have been, yeah. Um, so, the what's, what's interesting about that is that... Uh, with that, so sorry, the 21 that Tottenham had against Brighton was the second most by any team this season after Everton right. uh, last weekend. Um, so you'd expect Spurs to create quite a lot of chances from that. They had five shots from high turnovers, which is among the most in the Premier League this season, fifth most. Um, but that period from uh, 60 minutes to 90 minutes, and the goal wasn't from a high turnover, was it? No. So basically, from Johnson coming on, there was no, there were no shots created from, from high turnovers. And it's one thing uh, if you kind of lose Kulusevski, you're kind of like, well, we might keep the ball less. But you're bringing on a, a runner, bringing on energy up front. Son's probably the best pressing forward in the Premier League. He's right up there. Um, it's it's disappointing that that wouldn't create chances and I, I know Klopp famously has said the best number 10 is a Gagan press is basically like you don't need creative players you just need players who can win the ball back in dangerous positions mm. and Tottenham did win the ball back in dangerous positions lots but kind of reset possession every time and I think that there is uh, something that still needs to be worked on there a bit more like clicking to be done a terrible way of putting it but you get you get what i mean yeah. um with with johnson um in think, well yeah in I, tottenham's attack when you say like clicking to be done i think you know th there has to be some consideration like that that's, is that just going to become a thing like uh man when managers say we're in a good moment people are going to mm. say there's a bit more clicking, clicking to, to be, be done. done um no but you know i think we all got very giddy and excited about the fact that this was our strongest team our strongest squad that we've been able to put out since that game again against chelsea but perhaps we were all letting our excitement 
get ahead of us a little bit because they haven't played together that much yeah. since that point in the season. There are players coming back at different stages of fitness, at different sort of levels and so on and so forth. So there is naturally clicking to be done, um, it seems. But am I confident that that will happen? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I oh, think so. Sure. And I think, I think um, what's interesting is that if you think about the quality of the chances um, that Brighton had after winning the ball, not least winning a penalty which wasn't doesn't count as a shot ending high turnover it's a it's a turnover that ends up with a penalty which then leads to a goal um but uh they they were creating much better chances from as we've seen way fewer high turnovers in Tottenham. well actually I, I i looked at the um i don't know if that's something to do with tottenham's shape leaving themselves open when their fullbacks are completely out of position. If I you lose the ball, then you've got a quick ball out wide. I sometimes wonder if a little bit of finesse in the box. But Tony's got great finesse in the box. Welbeck showed some good finesse. Hang on, With Kuliseski and Charleston a bit clunky in the box. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I looked at, um, at this, right? And, and you mentioned Brighton created better chances. I'm growing to quite like XG because I think there is... Okay. I think there is something to it, right? Welcome. But RXG, RXG was 1.65, there's 1.24. Now, if you take out their penalty, which is 0.79, their XG in open play falls to 0.45. Ours goes from 1.65 down to 1.58. We did create the better chances. Why has ours gone down? Play. I guess we created a, something from a corner or something. I, I don't know. But open play. Oh, open our, play, sorry. Open play, our extra is 1.58. There's is 0.45. Is the penalty always 0.79? 0.75, I think. I've got it 0.79. 0.79, right. Um, uh, the uh, goal in the 96th minute will have been a higher XG chance than a penalty, I imagine, a tap-in. But it's still open play. play you know, I know, I know, I know. But I'm saying discount that and you're basically looking at even. Um, you also got to take... Uh, game state into into consideration I think because Tottenham were behind so they were having to push for chances so there might have been lots and lots that. of little Brighton ones aren't, Brighton aren't the kind of team that, that would stop playing because because they're ahead they're going to go in for the second goal I, 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 I don't think Brighton were that good the other day once no, we got I didn't to, once we got to grips with them once yeah. we got on top of them once but we they'll figured play, them they, out they're nice to look at but, but once wasn't... we figured them out I thought yeah. we were on top of them and, and that's why the subs were like I still sub. think that you know the Welbeck shot that curled towards the far corner. Mitoma uh, had one. Mitoma had a, one where he was through. Uh, XG is not everything, Gary. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, the Ansu Fati one. Will you allow back, be back? Will you be allowed back in the office if you say <laughs> XG isn't everything? Um, yes, I think so. I mean, there's there are problems with it. You oh. can't, you've got to use your own uh, imagination. No, as this well. is why I, I say I'm, um, I'm, I'm coming around to extra. I think it, it tells some of the story. Yeah, exactly. Right? And um, I think it tells some of the story here and it's, good, it's yeah. a good point to raise. Um, but I do think like Tottenham had that Richarlison chance and the Brennan Johnson uh, one, the sort of rebounded SAR effort. Um, I mean, I just think, I just think that we're a pressing team now and there needs to be uh, I think Tottenham do get a lot from high turnovers, but I think in that game there was. I think what you're saying is it's about time we bloody thump someone, <laughs> like yeah. like we did at Burnley, because we're yeah. not putting teams away. Yeah, and I, and I worry how sustainable what is happening well, at the moment is. Well, that comes to my next point. Are we worried that we've kept one clean sheet in 15 Premier League games? We're having to score two to score every to win every game. Uh, yes and no. <laughs> I think the answer's got to be yes, isn't it? 
Yes and no. I think Defenses look, win matches, defences win championships. I think it's, again, it's like I said earlier about taking that next step. That would be something that would have to, mm. would have to happen. But I think I wouldn't say I was worried right now. I think in the race for fourth, you can play the way we're playing. And, and, and I think earlier in the season as well, when we were a bit more settled, we did go on a run of keeping a few clean sheets. We did. That. So I think everything needs to be taken in context, right? Just because we've got the players back doesn't mean they're back at the same level. As I said just now, it's going to be a process. Wolves is another step towards getting back to where we need to be. But you know, I sort of think by the end of February, beginning of March, that's when that click I would like to see really happening. I think we'll get through Wolves, but it won't be without a bit more pain. Um, because we're not quite there yet. But I think we'll get back, we'll keep clean sheets, and we'll, we'll roll on. Before we come to Wolves, I want to ask you, were you at Sheffield United, Liverpool and Brighton? Yep. No. No. Right, Sheffield United, I wasn't there. Liverpool, bless my son, we were in the loo when Matip scored. So I heard it, didn't see it. And we stayed Brighton. Great, loved it. So happy we stayed, even though he did need the loo. I said, we're staying. <laughs> You're sitting there until that referee blows the whistle. And if we hadn't scored, then it would have been your fault because your son needed the loo like it did against Liverpool and you put your own selfish yes. needs above Tottenham. Yes, so I should, what should have happened was we should, should have been in the loo and yeah. we should have scored. Mm. Right, but we've we've now negated that. So now we're he's allowed. We, <laughs> we are lucky. We are lucky. <laughs> what was the best last minute? Because I know you love sitting on the fence. Answer my question this time. Oh, no, no. The best last minute this season was Sheffield United. Yeah, I think so. I'm not, view from the lane, I think it was, I can't remember. James Moore said Brighton was the best. And I thought if I'd been at Sheffield United, that would have been the best. No, mm. Sheffield United was the best because we were 1-0 down going into injury time. So, And Liverpool was just like, it should have how happened. is this not, how have <laughs> not scored yet? Yeah. Like, it's just going on and on and on and on. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I saw, it was weird. For, for the lack of chance that we had against Brighton, I sat there saying, I we get a chance. That's why, kind of why we, I stayed. We, we I felt like this is coming for some I, reason. I don't know. We hadn't done anything since the equaliser. We've spoken about, you know, Adam Finatum today. But but I did feel like we will get a chance. Yeah. Um, and But against Sheffield United, you know, we had been all over them. We really did deserve that win. But it just started to feel like it wasn't going to come. But then the great thing about it was as soon as we equalised and there was still another sort of three or four minutes to play, Again, you knew that they weren't going to win it. Like there was only one team that was, and then the way that happened was uh, with Kudelski thumping it. And there's nothing better as well. We talk about the world of VAR, and people say you can't celebrate a goal anymore. You can, you can celebrate a goal. Absolutely, did. Like for example, that Richarlison ball to Son, I was bang in line with it. Right, I know it's not offside. There's no way it's offside, and you know that Johnson's not offside either. It's a goal, so you can go for it. Right, Kudelski's. There was not. You, you knew there was nothing wrong with it. You can celebrate goals. When you know, you know, when you know, and and when you get moments like that, they're it's great, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, segue for you. Would you like another segue? Go on. You just mentioned two last two injury time winners against Sheffield United. Oof. Another team with two injury time winners uh, was Wolves. Before we have a look at Wolves, should we welcome back uh, a guest to the show? Yeah, let's do that right now. Delighted to welcome back to an echo of glory, Ryan Lester from the Wolves Report. Ryan, thanks so much for coming on again. Thanks for having me, guys. So we spoke, we last spoke back in November, just after the Spurs capitulation against Chelsea. You were on the back of a defeat to Sheffield United. Obviously, Wolves went and got a win against Spurs, those two late goals. But is that, that those two games against Sheffield United, against Spurs, almost like a microcosm of Wolves' season? One good result, one bad result against maybe a team you should be beating? 
Yeah, and hopefully that follows this weekend because obviously we lost to Brentford 2-0 and now we've got Spurs. But there is a, a bit of inconsistency there and Wolves' better performances have come against the, the better side. So, And I would put Spurs in that better side category. So I think it's more a case of the teams that don't really respect Wolves that are more interested in beating Wolves than instead of trying not to lose. So it's those kind of games that Wolves excel with, with, with Mario and Joe Gomez in the midfield doing the business and, and breaking at pace. So... Is it a microcosm of Wolves season? Absolutely. And as I said at the start, hopefully it repeats again this weekend. But is there a frustration from Wolves fans? Or at the moment, is this, I know you're still in the FA Cup, is this being seen as a good progressive season? I, I think when, when Gary O'Neill came in a couple of days before the season, he wasn't probably the popular choice. And according to the bookies, we were one of the joint favourites to finish in the bottom three. So according to Lopetegui, this set of players wasn't good enough. So that they probably have overachieved and I'm quite happy with the progress. Wolves have been fun again. They've been scoring goals mm. since the last 18 months of Nuno and the, the few years after that, it has been quite bland and, and frustrating. But it's fun now. The players have, have been able to take the handbrake off, express themselves. Neto, Cunha, Huang, um, Pablo Sarabia, who doesn't really get much mention, very creative footballer. So it's fun to watch Wolves again now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's just... it's. It's in, you guys have, have, have seen some frustrating football at the top of your time watching Spurs, but when it's fun and you lose, it still hurts, but you can see you can see direction, you can see an identity, and I think Wolves have got that again. Yeah, I was just looking at that. You say it's fun. You scored 37 goals this season, only 31 last season, 38 the year before, 36 the year before that. So you know, pretty much your most goals scored in the last four seasons, and we were only 24 games in. Yeah, it's been great. Gary O'Neill, it took a, probably a month or two to, to, to steady the ship and get his ideas over, even though at the start of the season we were, we were lucky against Liverpool, we were lucky against Brighton. They were sort of good 45 minutes, but they couldn't couple a, like two 45 minutes together. But the breakthrough game against Man City and the wing-backs get forward, Nelson Samedo and Aitnoy, Nori, they don't really get a lot of goals and assists, but they get far, further up the pitch. Mario Lamina, who'd hardly scored a goal for Wolves, I think he's got like four goals this season for Wolves now. He's getting up in the box. There's just a lot more freedom and a lot more belief. And I think when footballers want to play fun football, of course, some teams are, are limited and they struggle, but footballers want to express themselves. And when they're allowed to do that, it, it's more fun for everybody. They're having more fun and it's more productive for the fan base as well. Ryan, you mentioned um, that at the beginning of the season, Wolves with Gary Neal coming in just days before the season started were one of the favourites to go down. Here you are, pretty much, I think, four points off a potential European spot if, if you know, you think that the Europa League could go down to around eighth place. What's the aspiration at this point for Wolves fans? How, how far do you think it can go? You've got Neto back, you've got a fully fit squad, more or less. Where, where can you go this season? I mean, it's it's crazy to think that we are very much looking up and not looking down. It's... It, <coughs> Is, could Wolves get eighth? I, I, don't, I think that'll be a stretch too far. We, we have like a couple of a couple of doubts Wolves to face you guys the weekend. So if you'd have offered me mid-table at the start of the season, I've taken your arm off. And if, if Wolves can go deep in the FA Cup, they've got Brian at home next, which is going to be a tough game. But if Wolves finished around now and went deeper in the Cup, I'll be delighted with that. Obviously, you've got to look at eighth because Champions League, I think he's a 77% chance mm. of, of being a Champions League spot, which pushes the European places down to eighth. Mm. Let's, let's just. I'm, I'm trying not to get too far ahead of it, but last weekend was a real opportunity to sort of put the pressure on those teams around seventh and eighth, and we blew it against Brentford. So a bit of inconsistency, but let, one game at a time. Let's see how we get on at Spurs the weekend. And, and you mentioned that uh, there may be one or two missing for Tottenham, um, and and one of those might be Cunha, who, who for me is a fantastic player. What would that mean? How would that impact Wolves if he is out? 
Yeah, Cunha's been one of Wolves' most influential players this season. From a player that didn't, that you saw flashes of brilliance of his fan consistency. You, you probably saw his, his hat trick at Chelsea. Probably got lucky one the deflections, but it wasn't just a goal scoring performance. He was he took gusto to the cleaners with his pace, confident penalty, linking with his teammates, linking up with with Neto. He, he'll be a big loss for Wolves, but his absence means the return of Wang, who was had scored ten goals. He was he's he's his goal average. I think he was almost one per, one per one in two games before he went away to the um, the Asia Cup. So we'd have to play slightly different. But Huangi had really evolved as a player. He's his strength and his ability to hold off a centre back and his confidence running with the ball. So it, I would rather Cunha in the team than Huang, and that might be a strange thing to say. But I think Cunha completes everything. He, mm. he creates. He scores. He runs with the ball. He links. But uh, Huangi's more a fox in the box. So. Um, one one man's opportunity, one man's losses, another man's yeah. opportunity. So hopefully we'll see that on Saturday. Um, you mentioned Sarabia. We, it's obvious, he's obviously a player that we know a little bit too much about. <laughs> um, but I feel like he's gone quite under the radar. He was playing for PSG this time last season, um, and now he's on the bench for Wolves. Why is he not playing more? And what sort of lacking? What sort of missing from his game? Because I mean, we saw in that game against Spurs uh, just what he can do. Yeah, well, he has actually been in the team a little bit more recently. He's probably the most the most naturally gifted footballer in the Wolves squad. He's probably but probably one of the the slowest in terms of running with the ball. But if you give him an opportunity, he's the guy. Well, you, you saw yourselves. He's the guy that found that Mario pass. That touch and volley was incredible as well. He just doesn't really suit probably that sort of fast counter attacking play. But last week at, at Chelsea, he played a little bit deeper. He sort of almost played part of the midfield three when he would. Um, he would just link things together with Aitnori, with Neto, with the midfield too. He just kept it ticking over and he's just smart and intelligent. So, I mean, I'd be very surprised if he wasn't starting at Spurs, but he's the person I think that would be trying to pick out the spacing behind the fullbacks for you guys with the, with Aitnori, with Semedo, with Neto, but probably not with Cunha because he's going to miss out. Uh, looking ahead to Saturday, <clears throat> talking about the Wolves' inconsistency, four defeats in a row uh, on the road until you won 4-1 at Brentford, 0-0 oh. at Brighton, 4-2 at Chelsea. So eight goals in your last two trips to London. Is there a difference between the way they play away and at home or is it a bit like Spurs, this is what you get, mate, and, you know, Wolves all play on the counter? It is a bit inconsistent, but I do feel that Wolves, I mentioned earlier, that Wolves can express themselves better against sides that, that don't respect them. So, I mean, Spurs do what they do. They're fantastic to watch. There's goals everywhere in the team, but they will give the opponents opportunities and, that does give me some confidence because Wolves will create some chances and with the pace that they have. So it pretty much is what you get with Wolves. <laughs> Wolves struggle against teams that really tuck in. You've, you've seen the way Prompt for play. It's, that, it's not down to us to complain about it. It's down to you as an opponent to come, overcome mm. their tactics. They go a goal ahead. We know what's happening. They're very good at it. And, they, and then they caught us out for a second and it was 2-0. So it was frustrating. Wolves... Had a really close goal this allowed with Dawson. Yeah. There was a brilliant save from Neto. Wolves could have easily had two goals in that game, but it just wasn't meant to be. So I, I do feel playing Spurs, Chelsea, teams teams around who won't respect Wolves, like Man United. I mean, we, we lost 4-3. did brilliant to come back from, from getting to 3 all, and then face some heartbreak. But I would rather... It sounds ridiculous, but I would rather play someone like Spurs than play Brentford that's going to tuck in and, and frustrate. Well, that's interesting. And you've won three of the last five at Tottenham. You said just before we came on air, your annual uh, win at Wild. I've been on all those games, yeah. Yeah, it's, this, I always find Wolves are really difficult. Are you game. going this time around? 
Absolutely. Oh. Sorry about that. <laughs> um, go on then. Little prediction for for Saturday. Um, I am favouring Spurs in this game because with with Cooney being out, that's a big loss. But I'm struggled to see Spurs stopping Wolves scoring. So I'm going to go for an ambitious two all game. Okay, I won't hmm. take that. I won't. We need to win. No, we need to win. We, we've <laughs> but you said that. Win. You said that in the last game. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to and, talk and, about and, we, and we should have won. You know, one 0 up going into going into injury time. Now sometimes you might concede and and, and and drop two points, but to drop three points going into injury time is pretty terrible. Would, it, would, would you say on reflection though that you deserve to win that game? Or would no, you I thought a draw. I thought no, I was at that game. It was one of the poorest performances from Spurs this season. We had we were four days after that turbulent game against Chelsea with a, a load of injuries, a, a load of red cards and suspensions. The team was a mismatch of, of God knows what. And, and I think that really sort of threw everything open. We started well with a quick goal from Johnson, but then we really didn't do much. That said, I don't think Wolves did much until the final the final sort of you know few minutes of the game. I, I thought it was a bit of a dross game, if I'm honest, between the two teams. Yeah, it wasn't. At one-one, I'm thinking I'm 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 going to take take the draw, take my point, get home. I'm happy with yeah. that. You scored a late goal, but going into the game, I'd have been happy with the point with what had happened four days previous. But yeah, but Wolves have done that a few times. They did it against Man United. They tried to get the winner. They lost. They did it at Sheffield United. Tried to get the winner. They lost. They've had a lot of late goals. So at the end of the game, if it's one-one, it's not probably not going to end a draw because Wolves are going to throw everything at it to win the game, which is. Equally give me happiness as it heart as it has heartbreak well, this that, season. That's what happened Saturday against Brighton. You know, it's similar to us. Wolves playing a similar way, same mindset. You want to go and get that winner. Brighton went for that winner and we caught them out. Um, but look, as I... Uh, Ryan, who's Luke? I don't know who Luke is. Ryan. Again, I, I've been called worse. <laughs> as I always say, uh, good luck for Saturday, but I don't mean it. Um, Absolutely. Same to you as well. <laughs> thanks again for joining us, Ryan. We'll speak no soon. problem. Cheers, guys. talker is, is Ryan I don't know why I called him Luke and I no idea where that came from I think Luke is the Villa fan and I had Villa in my head at one point he is if he watches this back now he is going to be fuming <laughs> who Luke Ryan Link, linking into a Villa fan yeah. yeah yeah it's one thing you don't do isn't it and you asked to meet him on, 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 on Saturday I would, I'd, I'd <laughs> retract <laughs> now like he's going to be fuming um, so the, we've, what was it Ali 36 games in a row we've scored in the Premier League I think so yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. That, I'm pretty sure it's that a most joint that most number. behind Arsenal, fifty-five or something. Yes, quite a way to go to last team to stop us scoring. I wonder. Wolverhampton Wanderers, March 2023. I think no, I'm getting deja vu. Can we stop this? Because we discussed this the last time as well, and then they went and beat us. So, well, you were delighted to hear that Cunha might not be playing. He's a really good player. I think they've got some really good players. Like Cunha is excellent. We didn't really discuss even with Ryan Neto. Neto. Who's just Love wonderful pair, and then in midfield, uh, they've got Lamina, I think it is, who against us at Molyneux was absolutely brilliant. Mm. He was huge against us at Molyneux. Um, and, and Ryan mentioned, I think, the last time that he came on because we spoke about the difference in style from uh, uh, I've forgotten the two playmakers they had in midfield the lovely ball players Pedro Mendes and Jao Moutinho yeah they have Mendes and Moutinho and and, and these two are completely different but he was saying that he actually prefers these two the last time that he was on because they're real battlers they're real warriors physical it gives Wolves much more of an edge in games and you really saw that at Molyneux they've got a big threat a big big threat because uh, they won't let us through easy with the three at the back they've got three good solid defenders back there 
Lamina in midfield is an absolute monster. Um, Neto up front. So Cunha missing is... Uh, good, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll helpful. take that. Yeah, very helpful. Yeah, and potentially Huang missing as well. I think uh, other than those two, I mean, Huang could easily be back, but um, other than those two, they don't have a, any player that's scored more than four goals this season, and that's Mario Lamina, and then you have to go down to two goals, and they've got lots, lots of players who've only got two goals. So if... Uh, um, Cunha. Cunha missing is a is a real positive. Neto's been out for a long time. He would have more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got eight assists though. Um, <laughs> so he's uh, he's still. Managed We're not going to mark him, are we? We're just going to. I'm just going to leave him. Just going to let him stand there while our full our fullbacks just go forward. I have images of him getting into a foot race on gold with Van der Ven coming back, and um, he's one of the few players that I think could get away from Van der Ven. Um, you could do top player, top top player. Yeah, yeah. Someone to worry, someone else to worry about. They're a bit of a bogey team, aren't they? Um, since they came back up into the Premier League, only Chelsea and Liverpool have won away at Spurs more times than Wolves three times. They've won, so that's what uh, five seasons. Yeah. They've beaten us three in the last five at at Spurs. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Spurs have are. Definitely a better team than they have been at any other point in that yeah. s- in that period. Yeah, uh, but probably but so still. But yeah, yeah, yeah. To be fair, yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I would go into this game confident, more confident than not confident. I'd say. Yeah, I think we have to be thinking to beat them, right? I mean, you know, if we're going to have aspirations of top four, then with respect to Wolves, and I think they're a very good team, having a very good season, surpassing all expectations, really. Can but ask, we've got to beat them. Can I ask you, before we go into your predictions about Wolves, I think I know your answer to this. On Sunday, Villa-Man United, what result did you want? I'm going to come to you last. What result did you want? I wanted a draw. Then? A Man United win, obviously, definitely. The last thing we wanted was a... Was a go on, Gary. Do you agree with that? No, I think I wanted a, probably a draw. United can't be the concern. United well, are six points back. Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I, think, I think it I allows them in. I think it puts them in the race now. Yeah, I think I'd have been happier with a Villa win because I think we will. I, I just think United being in the race, it's probably going to go down to, to, to fifth anyway. And if Villa had beaten them, then I think it would have been a clear top five. Whereas I think it now just opens the door a little bit for United. But ultimately, it shouldn't really matter. You look at the run of fixtures that we've got. If we don't make top four at this point... Don't do this. No, then it's very much on Have us. Have you seen what we've got away from home? Hang on, hang on, row. hang on. Our next two, right, are Wolves and, and Palace because Chelsea's being cancelled, okay? Postponed, not cancelled. Um, we're not Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, got, we've got Wolves and Palace next. Villa away. Well, you know, we've got to go there and get have something. To win there, yeah. Fulham away, come on. Yeah. Luton at home. I'm sorry, West Ham away. It is under the lights on a Tuesday night at a quarter straight kickoff. Not ideal, mm. but go there and get an early goal, shut them up, and we should back. They might have them. a new manager bounce by then. <laughs> no, they won't. He'll be there. Forrester at home. So before we go to Newcastle away, right, we've got a run of what's that? Six games. You're giving us 18 points, aren't you? No, I'm not, because it doesn't work like that. But you've got to beat Wolves. You've got to beat Palace. Seven you've games. got to beat Fulham. You've got to beat Luton. I'd say you've got to beat West Ham when you've got to beat Win Forest. Any anything less than wins in those games to me are disappointing results. Yeah, I don't disagree, and I, I really think because of the run that comes up after that, yeah, you bang. really have to have a bit of a cushion, don't you? Because yeah. oh, and what's more, with Chelsea being rearranged, who knows if that gets pushed? If they stay in the, 
uh, FA Cup. Who knows if that gets pushed into that run and we end up with Newcastle City or well, City Liverpool will go if, if, in a if row. City are in the FA Cup semi-final, City will go. What, get that's moved. that weekend? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Well, yeah, be replaced by Chelsea and then whacked on the end of the, <laughs> yeah. on the end of that run. Great. All right. That's looking ahead. Let's look less far ahead. On to Saturday. Prediction for Tottenham Hotspur against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Ali. I have to go first on all of these, don't I? You can, no, uh, you can go. You can go second. Gary Diamond, three-one Tottenham. That's exactly what I was going to say. Okay, no, you should have gone first. <laughs> I'd have changed it. I'd have gone two-one Spurs. <laughs> well, I'm going to go with that. I think we're going to like Conte. I think we're going to have to suffer on Saturday. I think Wolves will come and, and buzz around and just be annoying and get in behind and do all this sort of stuff. I think they're a good team, but they are inconsistent. And we are actually in good form. We've won four in a row at home, maybe five. Four in a row, four in a row yeah. at home. We're probably going to concede. So I think we'll win by the odd goal. Probably 2-1, maybe 3-2. Yeah. Um, so Spurs could reach 10 home Premier League wins inside 13, game, 13 home games for only the third time ever in Premier League history. So must have done it in the last season at, at the late. Yes, okay. that was the quickest in 12 games and <clears throat> also in 13 in 2011-12. Um, it is a hard place to go. Mm. Apart from that... Uh, it's a hard place to the, get to. It took me bloody ages. The, the, <laughs> apart from that Chelsea game, which was completely inexplicable, uh, um, were completely ridiculous. The West Ham game, which was completely inexplicable. Yeah, but they were on uh, the back of that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I, and Villa, Tot Tottenham was, had we survived Chelsea, yeah, I suspect we'd be we could. I oh know this is all speculation, but every chance we'd be what are we 13, 12 now. What's that? How many home games we had? 12, yeah, it could, could be, be 12, 12 from 12, yeah, yeah. Uh, but my point is more there's reason like Tottenham are a good team at home, mm. they, uh, that that little run shouldn't take away from take away from that. Mm. All right. So, I win them I three win. points. Talking of wins. Did you laugh when Leverkusen beat Bayern Munich? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? I'm 3 0 as well. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I did enjoy that. Eric Dyer played his part. Just quickly, we asked last week, where are you on Harry Kane not winning anything this year? I'd be devastated for him. Would you? I'd be really sad. I for want him. him to win something. Would you there? actually? You yeah. Mean, you're not yeah. being sarcastic. No, no, he's not. I'd be, I'd re I really Ali's want him to win. Ali's not Gary. Ali's a nice guy. I want him to win something. I want him We're to. We're not nice. <laughs> uh, I'm, I, I'm not that you guy. know what? I, I, I'd be. I'd be uh, I want him to win the Champions League. I want him to just be... No, I don't. Do you know what? I don't want him to win that. Do you know what? I want him to win something at Bayern Munich. I don't. I've had this... No, I do. I'd like him to win the German Cup or something. I've had this little thing for Leverkusen since 2002 when they never cushioned everything. And I really keep my eye on them and want them to win something. And they just never win anything. Maybe it's the Spursy. So there's a long way to go still yet. Yeah, they're only yeah. five points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Leverkusen are good. I can't no, see them giving good. up too many points. No, okay. You don't beat Bayern Munich 3 0 if you're not good. Right? I want him but... to win something, but not this year. I want Leverkusen to win it. And then he can win like one German Cup in three years. And we can say to him, well, you won it, but was it worth it, mate? Yeah. Um, what about, you know, our conversation earlier about which striker you can put into this team? What about he wins the Champions League this season, comes back? That's put, not Harry happen, Kane, put Harry Kane up front. But it's not going to happen. I mean, the irony is, as it turns out, I think if he had stayed at Spurs, we could have won something this season. <laughs> and he will go to Bayern and quite potentially not win anything. Yeah. And I think his chances actually would have no, been higher. You obviously put him Spurs. in this team and it's a better team. There's no, there's no question. Am I ready for him to come back? Not really. 
Really. Oh, mate, if he turned around at the end of the season and yeah. said, I want to come back to Spurs, it all would be forgotten and <laughs> welcome back. I'd be the mm. first one there at the airport to give him a big hug and he'd love me for it. But um, but but no, you'd take him back in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? But it's not going to happen. It's just not. He's, I think uh, I'd be like in a mood for like a minute and then I'd be like smiling. Oh, come why? on. Come on, Harry. Well, you left us. Yeah, but I mean, like if he turned around and said, no, I've made a horrible mistake here and uh, and, and I've hated every minute, so... You know, I want to come back, and, and and with a quid pro quo that doesn't bring Dyer with him as well. Then <laughs> <laughs> happy days. Okay, all right. Any other business? No. Get those uh, strepsils out, Ali. We'll do. Give my voice a bit of a rest. You're going on Saturday. I am. Yeah. You're going Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we uh, we hope for another home win. Make it five in a row. Ali, thank you for joining us. Thanks Gary, for me. thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. And up the Spurs. <laughs>